Hey, let's go answer the bell, huh? If we just know what we're doing, work at it, and concentrate and do it. Let's go, fellas! And we're off. Welcome into another episode of the Patriots Podcast. I'm Sean here with Ryan and JJ. Hello. What's up? Gentlemen, you recovered from the draft yet? Uh, I mean, these guys are going to be with us for a long time. So this is what we got, right? So we we better support it and and get used to it, I guess, right? (laughs) Yeah, we better better have a couple players here. I mean, that's, that's, I guess, what it all comes down to. You know, um, I know we're going to get into it here about what we thought of it and how flashy it was and how, how many needs it filled or it fills and everything like that. And a lot of people, there's a lot of question marks out there, but, um, I think it's how it all turns out, you know? And I think, Hey, it's got as good of a chance as any, I think. That's the spirit. Yeah. So Patriots moving all around the draft board. We wind up with 10 picks, something along those lines, maybe 11, uh, Good amount of selection. Started off the draft, our, our key piece, 21st overall pick, moved back to 29th, and we make the biggest pun selection of the night, the strangest pick, blah, blah, blah. Uh, guard, Cole Strange, Chattanooga. Who the heck knows where, what conference that team plays in, who who else they play against. Uh, one of the, the themes of this draft was just throwing some curveballs at not only us, but the, the people that do this for a living on those draft panels. We knew that offensive line was going to be a need. Ted Karras leaves in free agency. We trade away Shaq Mason. Both of our tackles are on one-year deals at this stretch. I would have thought in the first round we'd go with the tackle. Cole Strange did play some tackle, mostly at guard, played a little bit of center, uh, particularly at the senior bowl as well. But, I mean, initial initial thoughts about Cole Strange. Have you, James, have you come around on this guy? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've come around on a little bit. A little Anyways, bit. Enough, enough to, you know, be okay with the idea like it's not like i'm like oh my god he's the greatest pick to be completely honest i didn't i had to google if chattanooga was definitely d1 because after um kyle duggar a couple years ago i was like is this is chattanooga d1 or d1 double a what competition is he playing against like you were saying um i guess it fills the need i wasn't going into it as much i know we were all talking about offensive line but guard seems to be something in the past that we found so much kind of at ease uh, that you would think that they wouldn't spend so much capital in it. On the other hand, um, hopefully he's really good. You know, I don't, I don't know. He's six, five, he's three Oh seven. He can run. He can friggin' bench press uh, 31 reps, which is insane for a guy with that length. And it's just like, um, all right, hopefully he's really good and they know what they found here and they can coach him into one of the top three guards. Of the league. That's, that's the hope, right? Yeah. 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 If I mean, it was a, it was, to me, the most obvious need for the Patriots. It was the most glaring hole on the roster was guard. But um, historically, Patriots have done really well waiting to the later rounds, um, even undrafted. Yeah, Some guys like that, right? You know, Shaq Mason, um, Joe, Joe Tooney, uh, Dan, Dan Copen, Connolly. Uh, Dan just, Connolly, yeah. Ryan I mean, Wendell. On Wenu. I mean, the list is, is really endless, but I, I like the player. A lot. Steven Neal, you know, yeah. I mean, it's like there's so many of them. There's so many. We got no Andrewsy. I love the player, but consensus, that's the thing we're going to keep coming up against with this draft is consensus just had these guys at way lower spots than we took them. Um, I thought at 29 to pick a guard is is high, even, even if he turns out to be Quentin Nelson, you know, like 
a guy that actually moves the needle for a, for a team that has so many holes to um, to get a, a guard in the first round. And they they even said they would have picked him at 21. It's just it's it's a little lackluster, I guess. Um, but he's got elite measurables. He seems like a good kid. He's a big kid. He can play multiple positions. He's he's very versatile, which we know Belichick loves. Um, but then just to see Karlaftis go after him too, immediately after him was like I don't know. It was it was difficult to uh, the stomach, especially I think most people had a third round grade, and the Patriots were saying that he was going to get taken. I'm not so sure. You know, like you couldn't have got him at 54, and they ended up moving up to 50. I, I I'm not so sure. Yeah, that seems like the consensus is McVeigh's out there laughing about it. Shanahan's got Belichick's back and said he thought he was a first-round player. Uh, who knows? Who knows? I know I was staring down those multiple fourth-round picks and going, hey, take two guards in the fourth round. One of them's going to yeah, be right. good. Like we always yeah. do it. And I think where it's going to, you know, in hindsight, it's all going to be judged on these players that went 21 to 28 because we all thought defense – and right in a row, you have two cornerbacks, Quay Walker, who I wanted. I thought he was going to be would be a hell of a pick from Georgia. Inside linebacker fills a need. Uh, Tyler Smith tackle uh, the other center, who was you know Linderbaum. I know you don't want to. You know he's supposed to be like once in a generation, as you guys are talking about Jermaine Johnson, Devin Lloyd. I mean, there's a lot of guys that Devin Devonte Wyatt, another one. Like that's a long list it's, of it's people a, yeah, that might be really list. good. It's a laundry list of guys that I feel like probably would, not even a knock on straight, just would have helped you more than a guard would. You know what I mean? With your deficiencies. You could have gotten an edge rusher. Um, I, and it, the other thing that bothers me is how well we've done with waiting on that position in the past. Uh, I feel like we could have found someone that, I mean, we even drafted another guard later on, you know? so Drafted two more. Yeah. So we're really trying to solidify the, the interior of this offensive line. It's just, uh, it was a head scratcher. I think that that's pretty much, um, you know, agreed upon. Yep. Yeah, it was definitely lackluster in the moment. So, Sean, what do you think? What are what are your actual true thoughts about this? I, w- I would have wanted to take two cards in the fourth round. That's one of that's the funny it. things is that we, we wanted a cornerback. We knew we had to address guard as, or offensive line just as a as a unit. Uh, they actually went with two mid-round cornerbacks and a first-round guard. It's kind of the opposite that I would have thought, especially with some of those guys that were That's on the board. That's a great point, yeah. Uh, Kyer Elam was a guy that I really liked. I know Trent McDuffie was highly rated, and we'll probably see a bunch of him with the Chiefs going forward. I believe, yeah, he landed with the Chiefs. Yeah, he did. Uh, the Chiefs but, had a great draft. But... They did. But, I mean, Cole Strange is a plug-and-play left guard. Is it ever all the indications look like that. Obviously, he looks great on film against that that level of competition. They, I didn't watch the Senior Bowl practices, but they, they felt like they saw enough there of him against top-tier talent. He's got the size, the length. He's going to be a needle mover, I would think, at left guard. He's definitely should be an upgrade from Ted Karras at left guard. And one of the things that well, we, hope. Had, we had a problem with was running the ball to the left side of the offensive line last year wasn't <clears throat> wasn't what you wanted it to be. Right. The other thing that I think we should touch on is the Patriots created this need by trading Shaq Mason when they really right. didn't have to. Um, I think Onwenu and Shaq Mason are both right guards. Onwenu with the with the tackle flexibility there, but I don't think Onwenu at left guard or Shaq Mason at left guard makes sense for this offensive line. Okay. Well, they must. They have to think the same thing, honestly, because 
they let, like you said, they let Sha- Shaq Mason go. A couple years ago, we had Joe Tooney. They didn't, they wanted to pay him the franchise tag, but not on a contract. It's like, that's also part of creating this need. That's true. If they gave him like a three or four year contract, normal guard money or whatever the hell he got, I don't know. He got a pretty big contract, but he got like 15 mil a year. Yeah. I mean, when he was in house before you gave him franchise tag, I'm sure you could have talked him into a much more reasonable contract than 15 mil maybe 12 maybe 12 but that's the other piece of it is that Shaq Mason you saved like 5 million against the cap for this year and they have to think oh when it was as good as we have less the Patriots have less than a million dollars in cap space right now so if you don't do that Shaq Mason deal where are you getting that 5 million dollars from you don't sign Malcolm Butler and nobody says a thing (laughs) (laughs) yeah I mean that's part of it that's that's a big chunk of it, anyways. Yeah. There's a lot of corners on this current roster, and I know we're going to get into that when we get further down, but, I mean, we forget about Sean Wade and, and Jonathan Jones, guys with good potential. Yeah. Um, I know Miles Bryant's really small, really short arms. Um, you still you still have some, some guys there that, could, that can play. You have Joe Wan still. You have uh, Malcolm Butler. You have Jalen Mills. A lot of cornerbacks. Um, yeah, so there's a lot of flexibility there. Back to Cole, strange. His ten, his broad jump was the highest ever recorded for an interior lineman. Ten foot broad jump, pretty good for a guy that's three oh seven. That's ridiculous. Like he can move, so like I, I hope he can play. You know, I was worried about the small school thing, but they, they kind of knocked it out of the park with Duggar. I feel like, you know, as much as he can so far. Um, so I definitely feel a lot better than that. I mean, I think they just got an athletic freak. The problem is, we got a lot of athletic freaks that usually used to not be our thing now we're like oh we need speed and uh, athletic ability which is great but it's not it's not something that necessarily always worked out for and a, and a common theme we're going to be seeing here is he's going to be 24 by the by the time the season starts yeah it seems so you, like they like the older players huh if you use your fifth year option on him he's going to be 29 and then he's 29 and you have to give him a second contract or you let him walk or trade him or whatever you're going to do you know <clears throat> This is kind of the problem we keep running into, right? Guys don't get a second contract, and, and at this rate, it's going to be 13. Once McCordy leaves next year, it's going to be 13. And when, that's going to be, if you just take the roster right now, it's 12 of the 14 players that are the highest-paid players in the Patriots roster were not drafted by them. And that includes Andrews and Jonathan Jones, who were undrafted. And then McCordy, who will probably be gone next year, maybe. But, yeah, you make a really good point about – us not signing a lot of these guys to second contracts and maybe the age will lower whatever that number is going to be instead of these guys hitting the open market at 26 they hit it at 29 that might be a rose-colored way of looking at it but one of the other things that i was thinking about with drafting a bunch of these 24 year olds they just kept coming up here and a lot of them were covid years and they did it another year after that because i a lot of these schools only played like six games during 2020 uh, but one thing I was thinking of is if they're trying to maximize Mac Jones's rookie contract, like what they can do during that period of time, maybe they want guys that are further along in their developmental cycle. Maybe it means that their ceiling is lower. Now, by stretching to draft some of these guys at the draft positions, that kind of goes against that idea. But I was wondering if maybe they want guys that are more pro-ready. And I mean, you could look at it a million ways. Chattanooga. South Dakota State, Western Kentucky, Northwest Missouri State. It's not like these guys are coming from pro-ready offenses and defenses Yeah, out there. So, I, I mean, I'm, I'm grasping at straws here. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a little bit contradictory to, to preach value all the time and then to go and draft 
uh, guys that, you know, by by all standards, I mean, it seems like you reached on them. And that's this happened yeah. like five times in the draft, really. Pretty much most positions. I mean, you know, we talk about it all the time. Bill has all these connections in the SEC. The SEC is the, the most um, competitive college athlete, you know, whatever, football programs, whatever you want to call it. They're they're the best guys, clearly, every year. They, they always have the most drafted people. Uh, their game, they're always in, you know, the national championship, chip games and everything like that. So we always draft from those pools. This year we didn't take anyone until LSU, which was a six-round guard pick. Which you know, that's yep. take that for what it is. But meaning, we didn't want to go for any of them. No, we passed them over too. When we had good chances to take some of these guys, and a lot you know, of them, yeah, absolutely. You see, the one thing you could say about Cole Strange—that's the real negative besides his age—is that he hasn't played against great competition. Right. You know, and and you're going to see great competition at the next level. So to get these kids, and, and a lot of kids too not just cole strange a lot of guys from small schools uh, i think we took a, a south dakota state or south i mean i mean we took a few of these guys um yeah south dakota those, state pure you know, strong running back at that level i mean they're not playing against the best of the best which is what the sec and you know the big big 12 and uh our pack pack 12 yeah uh, well know, that, you know what i i wonder if duggar change has something to do with their change in philosophy here or something where they got this guy high they drafted him and they were you're wor- you know generally worried about you know not playing the elite talent here he is and he's playing elite maybe you know when you look through this draft it's pretty clear like they took the best guys of a small program they're all board, across they they're took the board, best player on a team their board is than the rest of the league that that's for sure their board is different and they don't really give a shit about what the media thinks and no. consensus thinks. I mean, you look at some of these guys' consensus, and it's like two, three, four rounds ahead of time. Like Tyquan, Tyquan Thornton. Like, I like that pick. Second round receiver. He's the fast clock, the unofficial fastest time at the combine, which is actually pretty cool. But, you know, it's he, like you're saying, right? Like, he's not part of one of these programs. He's just. Well, ba- just I mean, Baylor. Ba- Baylor's, Baylor's a top decent. five. Baylor's program. pretty cool. I mean, I, but I'm they're not. You know, how me. many guys come out of Baylor every year? Not many. A lot. A lot come out of Baylor. That's that's the wrong comparison to make. But I I want to piggyback off what you said, James. Taking the best player in the team, definitely with a lot of the small school players, and also they leaned on the stopwatch. Where you know Tyquan Thornton, you could put on the film, and he makes sharp cuts. He can fly. He's got he's, really he's got good height. He's really skinny, really really skinny. But the the stopwatch doesn't lie, and he ran a four two eight at the forty. Similarly, Pierre Strong, South Dakota State running back, you mentioned before in the fourth round. Uh, I think he ran like a four three eight, four three nine, fastest it's a running 4-3-7. back. Four three seven. Yeah, fastest running back. So his his film looked pretty good at South Dakota State. Uh, but then you put on top of it, everybody runs on the same track with the same stopwatch, and and he ran as fast. He ran the fastest at the combine for any running back. So it was like they, I mean, they wanted to add that speed, too. They yeah, did that yeah, in position. And to Tyquan Thornton, I mean, he's a bullet. He's a straight bullet. I don't know. His change of direction skills are not what we're used to seeing from the Patriots. Um, and But, I mean, the guy can fly. I, I really think it's like Bethel Johnson 2.0. I, I could see him just running a lot of goes, and it, and it probably makes Aguilar expendable. Yeah, definitely. you got to figure out how to get rid of that contract now. Uh, and then what do you do with the money if you get rid of that contract? So, um, but I think I, 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 like, I, I like that pick. 
I th- I because he say- also he catches with his hands. I feel like you see so many receivers catch against the body. Like one thing I really like seeing from a receiver is when the ball they're catching the ball away from their body and using their hands. And he does it a lot, which is great because a lot. I feel like Nikhil Harry watching his highlights, like he didn't always do that. He was like catching older the shoulder stuff, you know, cradling the ball and things like that against his body, which doesn't seem to be working for him. I think Carl Pickens and Sky Moore were still on the board. When we they all went in a row, didn't that's, they? That's the thing, yeah. When we traded back from 21, we already mentioned all the defensive players that ran off the board. We take Tyquan Thornton at 50, and right afterwards, way more accomplished guys come off the board. Sky Moore, you mentioned, who also from a small school, Western Michigan. Yeah. George Pickens was previously thought of as a first-round pick after having some health concerns uh, coming out of Georgia. Alec Pierce, who was a big-time prospect coming out of Cincinnati. Another, again, small, smaller program. But uh, yeah, it, just, it felt like, oh, there was this bunch of wide receivers, and maybe we didn't pick the best one right there. Well, and you know the Steelers, like George Pickens going to the Steelers, that's going to be the one, because... They're just a fucking receiver factory. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's tough for me to stomach not taking Sky Moore there. The guy, I mean, that guy runs ridiculous routes. He's got a plan. Um, every time he comes to the line of scrimmage, that guy is like, he knows how to get open. Right. So and guy, he needs fast, but and I know he runs decent routes, but well, yeah. And Thornton wasn't projected until what the third, third round, fourth round. By the way, Tyquan Thornton, shortest, uh, smallest hands and wrist. Whatever, for whatever that's worth, wrist uh, measurement in the in the draft for wide receivers. Did not know they measured the wrists. Is that for watches? Why do they care about how big your wrist is? I don't know. Whatever that's worth. I mean, the smallest of the draft is saying a lot when you measure some of these small guys. And he's not particularly small, is he? What is he? Six. Yeah, but he's three? skinny. He's like a buck eighty. Oh, he's built like six three. Yeah, his his durability is definitely a concern. And as as far as replacing Aguilar, that makes a ton of sense, but not as a rookie. Yeah, I wouldn't expect him to walk in and be a NFL ready deep threat right off the bat. I do. <laughs> Matt blowed it so many times on receiver in the draft. Like one, it is a normal thing for year. Like look at what was his name on uh, Buffalo last year? Was it Davis? Gabriel Davis. Davis. Was he a rookie? Like yeah. I think he was second year. Is he second year? There's a bunch of guys across the league that come in every year and kick ass as a rookie. They're all over the fucking draft. We've never had that. Maybe Malcolm Mitchell once. So I'm expecting it. We had, expecting we had it with this. Terry Glenn in 1996. There you go. So it's been... He's got some fucking really... If you just <laughs> Wait go by the, uh, the relative athletic score, you look at the 10-yard split, 9.99. 20-yard split, 9.97. 40-yard dash, 9.96. Broad jump, 9.62. I mean, this kid's an explosive kid. Yeah. So if he well, can stay healthy, then, he was always open in his highlights. Like, no one was running with him. You look at the change of direction skills, and it's shuttle four three nine, which is two point nine, um, and three cone seven two five, which is two point three five. This is he's running in a straight line. Yeah. He does not move nearly as well laterally and coming back to the ball, you know, on his break. So that's a concern, you know, and that's something we're not used to. We usually go for that instead of. The straight line speed. Yeah, posts and corners. That's what he's going to run. Go routes, posts, and corners. One cut, keep it pretty much straight. Uh, but if 21. He, 
21. 21 years old. If he can stay healthy and if he can catch the ball, he's going to be something that defenses are going to have to monitor because of that speed. Okay, let's move on to the cornerback. So back-to-back picks in the third and fourth round. Marcus Jones, kind of a tale of two different cornerbacks. So Marcus Jones was a, a our highest rated uh, draft pick to this point. Uh, yeah. Very, very well rated from, from most outlets. He's on the shorter side. He was the best return man in the country. Uh, from from everything that we saw, he's going to be a slot cornerback with returnability, and he seemed like he had a really accomplished career at Houston. So that one feels really good. On the other side, Jack Jones, cornerback out of Arizona State, I believe he transferred from USC. Mm-hmm. He was a very highly recruited player coming out of college, coming out of high school. Uh, ended up transferring, worked his way into the starting lineup for Arizona State. He was less less highly rated coming out of the school, but it's a guy with with upside potential. Yeah. I love Marcus. Uh, I really like that pick. That was my favorite pick, I think, of the entire draft. Uh, he's a senior, but he, the downside is he's 5'8", 174. That's, yeah, 5'8", is short. For tiny arms, 28 and 7'8". If he was big, if he was two two inches bigger with a little bit longer arms, he would have been a first-round pick. I mean, this guy turns on a dime. Um, I mean, you look at the return the return skills, it's, it's absurd. Really good ball skills for his size, uh, 12 pass breakups. Uh, he breaks up way more throws than you would anticipate for a guy at that size. Uh, he had a great pass breakup against uh, Alec Pierce, too, when they played Cincinnati. Alec Pierce is a big boy. I think he's 6'3", 6'4", and he's wow. fast. Um, I, I love the kid. He's a good tackler. He's a willing tackler. It's just really his size that killed his draft stock. Uh, I, and I did he much- just have two shoulder surgeries? Is that him? I, I don't know. Is that him? I think might it was be. him. It might be. Um, and then Jack Jones, who was a USC I, USC commit. He was one of the top prospects in the country coming out of high school. Um, got into some trouble at USC. Couldn't really get on the field. Uh, I think he got into a, like a bar fight or something. No, they said he's the oh, guy. Bert? He broke into like the Panda Express. Remember that story a few, like three years ago where a couple college kids broke into a Panda Express and they got suspended from a USC football? That was him. Wow. Well, uh, J.C. Jackson has a similar story. Diff- J.C. Jackson was – everyone acts, acts like J.C. Jackson came out of nowhere. J.C. Jackson was a top 50 in the ESPN 300. Um, he was a really high recruit coming out. And I think he went to Maryland, and I think he got into some more trouble. And teams are just worried about his character. And, and I mean, I did not know that's why he went undrafted. Yeah, yeah. that's why he wound up at Maryland too. Must be yeah. a burglary charge. Yeah. So they Burgled. they they at least Burgled addressed someone. they addressed the cornerback position, and at the same time addressed the return position, which has been a sore spot for a while. And Olszewski's gone now. Uh, so you got to feel good about just the fact that they put some resources towards it. And we mentioned before that long list of, of other guys they have a cornerback. And yeah, there's no top-level talent right there. Malcolm Butler did play pretty well a couple of years ago. It's a couple of years later. He's in his 30s at this point. Jalen Mills as a second cornerback. When's he going to make that transition to being a coverage safety? And then, yeah, that slew of guys. You're waiting for Sean Wade to realize that potential as a six foot one Ohio State cornerback. He should be... A stud didn't look so last year, but he's only I mean, going into a second year at this point. It is curious that I always thought that was very curious that the Ravens traded him so easily after just drafting him. I think we traded a sixth round pick for him. Yep. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I on that kid coming out, but um, something's up because that you're right. That doesn't make sense. And then he never saw the field with us, and we needed a cornerback. He played a little. 
Um, Tiny bit. Very, very sparingly. Jack Jones is a, is a curious one. Um, I know he's older. Was he, he's going to be, I think, 25 by the time the season starts. Um, but he's really good at. He's got really good ball skills. Um, pretty average as far as an athlete and as far as NFL standards. But uh, yeah, you know, hopefully we found something. I, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. They... I mean, I hope Marcus Jones gets becomes a good returner. I mean, if he can just do that, that's huge. And he looked like pretty explosive returner. And he plays longer than uh, he looks, so that's pretty good. Jack Jones, is, he's kind of skinny. He's 170. That's tough to tackle in the NFL. Marcus Jones is 174. But at least he's he's 5'8", so it's like he's got a little more meat on his bones, a little more impact coming at you, you know? <laughs> okay. A lot of guys in, their one, in the 170s. All right. And then the Patriots double-dipped on two running backs, one in the fourth, one in the sixth. I mentioned Pierre Strong from South Dakota State. It's a guy that put up some pretty big numbers at South Dakota State, ran really well. He, he caught looks pretty good there. He caught the ball well. Calls, but he had, yeah. I think, 50 catches his last season at South Dakota State. So, at about two, I think he's 207. He seems more like a pass catching back, James White, change of pace uh, type of player. Uh, I'm not going to compare him to James White right, right away, but that type of role would be something in his future. Kevin Harris, more of a banger at South Carolina. Not real. He's got kind of heavy feet. He's not going to separate at the from the second to the third level. But it's a guy that's uh, could be another body hanging around. You know, six round pick. You got to temper your your expectations. Yeah. No, he ran well. I thought he ran really well. Um, I, I thought both of them ran really well. Kevin Harris looked like he runs like a bruiser, like you said. I mean, I think it's just funny in general that the uh, the whole running back um, market has just been dismantled. It's been like that for 10 years. Well, they don't last. You know? It's getting worse. Like, it's gotten worse. Yeah, the value, I think the value above, uh, I hate to use a baseball term, but like the value above the replacement that you can bring in for a guy from college that you could just pick up like this uh, is, is not that, you know, it's not that big of a gap. So I think my favorite of those picks was Pierre Strong. I, I think James White sounds like he might not be ready um, to play. I guess that hip injury is still lingering a little bit, and um, I mean, I it sounds it sounded bad, hip subluxation. I mean, that thing came out of the socket, which is not a good right. sign. Pierre Strong is super fast. I think he was the fastest uh, running back in the draft. Yeah, great, great splits, 10, 20, 40, uh, all elite. Three comb was elite. Um, Average seven point two yards a carry. I mean, that's insane against FCS competition. I know it's lesser competition, but I mean, this guy can move. He can shake. Um, he's got some elusive elusiveness to him. And then on the other side of that, that that big boy, that bruiser, makes me worry that um, Damian Harris will not be back after this season. Yeah, he's up for a contract. This For is the last contract here. Yeah, I think we all like Damian Harris, like the way he runs. Um, you know, but that that looks like a between him and Ramondre. Holy shit! I mean, you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to beef up your linebackers. Those six, six one two twenty linebackers. Good luck. Good luck. Literally. And they're gonna have to deal with our two guards, especially if on Wenu's playing right guard this year. Okay, a uh, couple guards late. Chasen Hines from LSU. Andrew Stuber from from Michigan. A couple guys that that will have a chance to make the team. We'll see if they can bypass James Ferentz and some of the other guys in reserve roles. One guy that stuck out, and I want to circle back to the quarterback they picked in the fourth round, but Sam Roberts, defensive tackle, Northwest Missouri State, Division II National Player of the Year as a defensive tackle. How often does that happen? This is one of those swings. This is a big swing. So, it, yeah. And it happened in the sixth round, so it's not a, it's not a high risk 
swing, but it could have a high upside. Obviously, he looks like he's dominating the competition, as you would expect for a National Player of the Year. But you think about some of the defensive tackles who have come from small programs and just been absolute wreckers. Like John yeah. Randall's the first one that comes to mind for me. Who, yeah. Who played it? Who the hell knows where? He's like a 255 pound defensive tackle. This guy is way bigger than that. Uh, but you just need to have a knack as a defensive tackle sometimes, particularly in the pass rush. I don't know what he's going to be, but I love that they took that swing. Yeah, I like it. He's a big boy, 6'5", 292. So um, he's got the size if he's really strong. I didn't really see his combine measurables, but that could be a good combination. I, you know, overall, you're talking about him. Like, it's crazy that he was really our only front seven pick to me. What yeah. really stands out. It's like there there were some big boys in front, front seven, and I know, you know, um, we wanted – uh, the kid from Georgia, uh, Granny, what's his name here? Jordan Davis. He went in the team. Jordan Davis. He went really, much, you know, definitely earlier um, than we expected. Yeah. And that was our early front seven pick. So I hope he's good. I, You know, like you're saying, it's a six-round pick. So it's a big swing. I mean, who knows? Yeah. Yeah. I like the player. I just don't, I mean, again, we're talking about a 24-year-old that went to a small school, uh, a really small school, at Northwest Missouri State. I mean, Oh, who the fuck has ever gone there? I, I don't know. But uh, big kid, 6'4", 293, so so let, a little bit lighter for a defensive tackle. Um, you know you're getting a, a little bit obscure when this guy, Dan, Dan Brugler, didn't do a report on him, and a guy did like a thousand reports on college players. <laughs> you know what I mean? He so, did everybody ever, and this is, there's this guy. Yeah, you're getting a little obscure here, but when you watch his tape, I mean, there's there's not much to go on besides the tape with this kid. But when you watch him, he stands out. I mean, I don't know who the fuck he's playing against, but it's he's in the backfield all the time. Uh, yeah, like every play they show. What I don't like seeing is I, I read somewhere he has a long way to go before he can contribute at an NFL level. Sure. He's, he's a six-rounder, you know? Yeah, but he's 24. I mean, what, what are we waiting on at 24? You know what I mean? Like, right. you're not getting any younger. Yeah, well, he'll be moving up several levels all at once, moving to the NFL. All right, circling back, last draft pick to talk about for the Patriots, then we can open up to the the remainder of the draft. Bailey Zappi, quarterback, Western Kentucky, taken in the fourth round. Didn't really expect to take a quarterback at all in this draft. Uh, They ended up taking one in the fourth round ahead of some bigger-name quarterback. Sam Howell was still on the board uh, from, from North Carolina, a guy that physically looks a lot like Bailey Zappi. Uh, is probably more talented in that realm. Uh, Zappy, I believe that's the correct way to pronounce it. Yep, that's, I think that's, that's what I've heard. Okay. Uh, he, he threw for a bajillion yards at Western Kentucky, as you would hope so if he's going to get drafted. The all, all the guys said Matt Groh was going on and on about how good he is and this and that, and uh, who knows? Who the heck knows? It looks like he could throw off platform. Looks like he's more comfortable in the pocket, moving around, resetting himself. Yep. Uh, pushing the ball downfield. Sam Howell is is the guy that I'm comparing him to. Just physically, they're they're pretty similar. Sam Howell was like a catch the ball, throw the ball, and then if it wasn't there, he's running. And Bailey Zappi seems like he's got more progressions to him. So I like I like that part about it. I don't know mm-hmm. how big of a need this was, but apparently they thought that there was some upside potential with this pick. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Uh, um, the only thing I don't like about it is I think Sam Howell had the potential to be a first round pick um if he didn't have like a so-so year at north carolina the last year and and you passed on him and took this kid who 
you know, basically had the best season in college football history. Um, <laughs> you know, at a, at a smaller school, albeit, but he's smart. He stays on time. He's, you know, he's not going to blow you away with that athleticism, but I think he's a winner. Um, and I think he fits the system. And if you could take a quarterback in the draft, I think you should take a quarterback in the draft every year. I really do. Even if, even if you have, uh, it's worth it. I agree. I mean, I, I, I don't see it being rough. Imagine if he shows out in preseason, just dominates. You think teams won't, won't be lining up to, uh, I mean, if I was Washington right now, I'd be like, get me anyone besides Wentz that can throw the fucking ball. You know what I mean? Like, they went after Wentz. You better be careful what you say about that. I love, <laughs> I love just taking a quarterback. I think that's smart. And I agree. Every yep. scenario, and I think this probably means, because we know how much we love Hoyer, right? Um, Stidham's, Stid- probably, Stidham's probably gone. Stidham is gone. So that's that's what I think about the whole thing. Uh, you know, like you said, tons and tons of stats and yards and touchdown passes and everything. Small school. Decent size. He's not too small. He's not really big, but not too small. Not, like, too small. It can't work. He, um, and I'm just happy that it means Stid the kid is fucking out. I've been waiting for him to be gone. He was a bad pick. We held on for him. I mean, it wasn't a bad pick. He was a late rounder, probably around the same same as this, right? Fourth fourth round. Yeah, like, but it's weird. Like, would you rather have him or Hoyer? I mean, they both kind of suck, right? Like, yeah. I mean, you need Hoyer basically to would... call the damn plays and to help. Like, I definitely would rather Hoyer in the quarterback room for Mac Jones than freaking Stidham because they both suck as backup. Bingo, bingo. You nailed it. Get they... Hoyer as a coach. I would yeah. love to have Hoyer as. A coach, I think you know? that's what they're doing. He makes more money though as a player. Oh, way more, way more right? money. That's what. See, there, there's the. The little caveat there is they're like, well, well, you, you, they're trying to replace him. They're trying to replace him. They're trying to get a legit backup quarterback. They're trying to replace. We'll be around. John, what, do you right. think about, what do you think about taking a uh, quarterback? Basically, every year, I think it's, I think it's, I think it's the smartest thing you could possibly do. Like, unless you already have two good ones. Yeah, that, that would be the the situation. Not to uh, one. I just want to list some of the quarterbacks that were taken. Let's go. Tom Brady to today, so 2000 Tom Brady, 2002 Rohan Davey, 2003 Cliff Kingsbury, 2005 Matt Castle, 2008 Kevin O'Connell. We got two head coaches in the league already. We got got some coaches. Uh, 2010 Zach Robinson, 2011 Ryan Mallett, 2014 Jimmy Garoppolo, 2016 Jacoby Brissett, 2018 Danny Etling, 2019 Jarrett Stidham, 2021 Mac Jones, 2 Bailey Zappi. They've taken a lot of quarterbacks. I think they lead the league in quarterbacks selected Smart. over this period of time. Important freaking position. Yeah. There you go. That's that's a good you know stat. What? If you if if you know, God forbid, Mac Jones gets hurt and you get this kid in there and he shows out, flip him for a first or a second or a third. You know what I'm saying? Like that's great. I would do or that. Or keep them. They're both cheap as fuck. Doesn't matter. For the next few years, they are. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Keep them for this year. Definitely next year, and then then figure it out. Okay. Well, we'll see more from them in preseason, see how he looks. So that'll be one of the really fun things to watch in preseason yep. is seeing how he plays. All right, let's let's open it up to the rest of the draft. So last last week, I think it was last week. Jeez, happy Cinco de Mayo, guys, by the way. Uh, we, we did a mock draft. Turns out we were pretty close to write, uh, at least for some of these top picks. Trayvon Walker does end up going first overall, as expected. Aiden Hutchinson quickly selected by the Lions at two. The the surprise, at least for me, was a cornerback going at three. Derek Stingley goes to... Which I called. You I just did called call the that. wrong one. 
Yeah, you called the wrong wrong cornerback. Yeah, some of the tackles got pushed a little bit later. Then we have a run on wide receivers, serious run on wide receivers. Couple trades in the teens that that moved some, some bigger name wide receivers around the league. What what stuck out to you? Was it the the wide receiver run in the teens? Was it how the top of the draft went out? Uh, Ryan, what, what what stuck out to you most about let's say the top twenty? Uh, the offensive talk, tackles dropping a little bit. That was surprising to me. I didn't think Equano and, and Neil thought Neil was the best um, overall tackle because of, you know, Equano was good against the run and Cross was excellent against the pass. And I think Evan Neal was good against both. Um, them dropping and then the wide receiver run, obviously, that was the big deal, right? Uh, Jamison Williams to the Lions. I don't know. I don't, I don't know how I, I like that fit. I don't know if I love that. But um, I thought. For me, it was the Jets, the Jets and the Giants. The, those are the teams that really stood out. The, Kayvon Thibodeau dropped, and they got uh, – who was the other one they got? Um, was it uh, – the, the Jets uh, made three, three picks no, in the first round. They got Garrett Wilson at 10, and then they traded back in late, and they picked, Jermaine picked Johnson. up Jermaine, Jermaine Johnson. Johnson. So they got Sauce Gardner, um, Garrett Wilson, and uh, Jermaine Johnson. Yep. That's that's scary. I mean, that's – you don't want the Jets to, to make out like that and, and – uh, they got better, that's for sure. Um, the Giants, again, I think they got a tackle. They got again, Thibodeau, Kayvon Thibodeau at five, and then they rounded that out with Evan Neal at seven. So that was the thing right there. I thought they got two potential number one overall picks. Um, I thought that was awesome for them. Um, and I, I hate the Giants, but I thought those were great picks. And then the other thing that stood, stood out to me was Karloftis dropped majorly. Um, yeah, you, know, you were talking him up. A lot, I, and he did go late. A three-four defensive end. I mean, maybe Trayvon Walker's better. Other than that, that's it. Like that kid can play. He might not have the best measurables, but nobody wants it more than that kid. I, I would have loved to have him here. Uh, corners went pretty high. McDuffie, Elam, um, McDuffie went to the Chiefs. Yep, as did Carlaftis at thirty. So they got Carlaftis, uh, McDuffie, and Sky Moore were their first three picks. I thought that was a home run for them. The AFC, man, I don't know what we're doing here, but the AFC is getting stronger, and we're taking a fucking guard in, in the first round. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Literally. I mean, everyone's getting stacked. I know. I mean, I you're talking about good drafts right there. I think, um, what's it called? The Philly. I'm, I'm jealous of, um, AJ Brown. you know, their whole situation. A.J. Brown. They trade for A.J. Brown. Then they get our friggin' boy. Uh, Jordan Davis at 13, and then I think they traded back in and had another pick. Uh, no, they get um, who, what's his name who fell super far, the linebacker from Georgia, the Kobe, um, the Kobe, the Dean. Kobe Dean. They get him, and it's like I don't know what's going on. There was a report during the draft apparently that he had pectoral issue, and then he came out after the draft was like, I don't know where that came from. I'm fine. I don't need anything. So I don't know what happened there. But they got two of the best Georgia defenders right yeah. there. And, you know, a proven, granted someone that gets injured, but proven wide receiver um, that we would have all probably loved to have. I don't first round pick seems steep, but I probably would have, uh, maybe, it's, I would have rather Debo, but it's, 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 it's the contract. It's the pick of the draft. It's I mean, the, they gave him $25 million a year for yeah. four years. They, they had, yeah, right, right. They had to pay him, but I mean, you're paying A.J. Brown. You know what that guy is. Yeah, you know he's a good player. Yeah, pay him. You know he's a good player, and they have him to match with Devonta Smith. What'd they pay him? Twenty-five million a year over four years, fifty-seven guaranteed. Yeah, 
is pretty ridiculous. It's a lot, plus first-round pick. But the Eagles went into this draft with three first-round picks. They traded one to the Saints for next year's first and then some extra draft capital. They traded one of this year's first for A.J. Brown along with some extra uh, and then paid him big money. So it helps to go in with three first-round picks, and that that's benefit to the Carson Wentz deal and, and some other deals that they've made there. They they nail. I mean, I'm I'm jealous that they got Jordan Davis at 13. It was interesting as soon as Drake London goes off the board at eight, first wide receiver taken by the Falcons. Falcons, I don't. They they drafted a big wide receiver last year in the top five named Kyle Pitts. I know he's a tight end. He's a wide receiver. Come on. And then this year in the top 10, they draft a big wide receiver, six foot four Drake London. They're just double dipping on that. Didn't they watch the Lions in the mid 2000s? That doesn't always right. work out. Yeah, yeah. also Calvin Ridley over there, too. And it's just like, you, you want to get this guy a quarterback? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. Literally. So that's what they're doing. They're building the rest of it out. And then I think they'll probably suck next year and get, and get a quarterback. And next year is a good year to get a quarterback, you know? That's true. That's true. And then right after that, I thought maybe the, the best pick value-wise, I don't know. The Seahawks just walked ass backwards into Charles Cross, who might wind up being the best tackle in this draft. Yeah, They get him at nine right before the string of, of wide receivers go out. I bet Garrett Wilson called up Chris Olave at some point this week and was like, ha I beat you on the board by one yeah. pick. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty I cool. Did you see that uh, release that he had? Just off the ball release? No. Oh, my God. It's it's like the sickest release I've ever seen. It, <laughs> he he fakes inside like he's gonna do a slant, and then he runs like a like a uh, like a fade almost. Oh my god, it's uncoverable, and the way he contorts his body to catch that is ridiculous. I, I love Garrett Wilson. I think he's got true number one ability, and it pisses me off that the Jets have him, and possibly the best corner. I mean, I love Stingley, but that kid, yeah, this kid Gardner, man, he could play. Well, one it's of all going to th- blow up in their face. Exactly. Dude. Going going on the <laughs> perimeter players only. We know how that always goes. And there's no way both these – I'd be stunned if both of them work out, if all three of these guys in the work out. I'd be stunned if one, if the Jets pass record. I think of all the pat- picks that they squander. Like, I mean, I know these players look good, but they don't know what's going on. So – the odds of them hitting all three are just so far against them, it's incredible. Yeah, well, there's different guys drafting there now than have been drafting there previously. Don't care. Still the Jets. <clears throat> it's still the colors. Yeah, not a believer Woody in Allen. their head coach. No, not Woody Allen. What's his name? Douglas. Just, well, be Woody, Woody Allen. Woody Johnson is the owner. Woody Johnson. Douglas is the GM, though. Yeah. And I think I think he did a really good job. I mean, I, it, it sucks to say, but I would, I would love that draft if I was – you know, if the Patriots had it, you know? Yeah. Well, one of the things you said, Ryan, was that the Jets got a lot better with those three picks. And my response to that would be those three guys got a lot worse by being drafted yeah. by the Jets. Yep. They, yeah, they're not going to be a lot better. I mean, they're still the only team I'm not worried about. about our division. <laughs> Everyone else, I think, is going to kick it, could kick the shit out of us. I don't know. The Overall, with our draft, I guess what I'm most happy with is we changed up our thinking a little bit and then. We went all in for Mac Jones, I feel like. We got a someone to protect him. We got a downfield guy for him. We got a stable of running backs to protect and go to you know, run for him. We got more you know, mostly offensive players. So we're trying to surround Mac Jones, which I hope works out. I mean, I, I didn't think that's what we would be doing. I didn't think Bill wanted would care to surround Mac Jones or care because he never did it for Tom Brady or, you know, hasn't done it in years for him, probably a decade. But now 
we got this. So that's what I'm, I'm kind of happy to see the change of philosophy. All right, surround the kid. We got to be able to score points. And they went for it. That's a very optimistic way to look at it. I, I, I think that <laughs> if you look at this offseason overall, I think we got worse. And I think you look around the league and it's easy to say other teams got better. Um, losing losing uh, Shaq Mason and, you know, replacing him with a rookie, you know, even if the kid's good, I don't see how you could say that's that's an upgrade there. Um, well, that's a winner. Yep. Well, we, Randy, he's we, going to left, which would be Ted. He might be an upgrade over Ted Karras. He could be. I'd give him that. Is that worth the first round pick? Yeah, probably we lost, not. We lost some veteran linebackers, uh, which we really, I, I guess, we're just bringing the youth in, and that's that's a good thing. And I'm I happy. I think Hightower or Cutler is back. I still think one of them is coming back at like training camp. They're like, we're not doing fucking team mini camps. Yeah. We'll we'll see you in fucking July. Then we lost a top five corner and replaced him with a 25 year old and a 5'8 player and Malcolm Butler, who hasn't played in two years so we're screwed there and then I we have think, like yeah so fill in the whole I, I want to be positive about it but i think when you look at the draft for me and just kind of the needs we had Karloftis going after um a guard some other i mean it's it's tough for me to give it anything more than the c minus great yep yep that's, prob- that's probably where it belongs somewhere in the c range uh to to jj's point the change in philosophy is quite evident and we've we've railed against the past failures of Patriots drafting and and we've also noted how Belichick seems to rely on SEC teams particularly teams that he is comfortable with the coaching staff at and it's hard to imagine that he knows the coaching staff really well at the variety of different schools that they selected players from this year so they yeah. you you can't ha- have it talk out of both sides of your mouth and say Oh well, they should stick to the philosophy, but it's had bad results. And then, like, so they they tried something different. They drafted for speed. They drafted for age, which nobody asked for. They drafted from a variety of schools, which we have asked for. Uh, and they didn't go with consensus ratings, which sometimes they have. I mean, last year they did, and it worked but out the, extremely well. So the consensus ratings—that is the definition of value. You know what I mean? Like, what people what people around you are going to do. Should, should help you determine what's best for you. You know what I mean? And, and whether you not, whether or not you have your own ranking, you need to look at other teams and see where they're going to take them. Because if you can get the guy 40 picks later, then that's not the best option. You but that I mean? also could be the consensus of 32 teams, and maybe it's only 28 teams, and four teams are thinking the way you are. Yeah, yeah, all right, I'll give you that. That's a good point. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not convinced about what everyone's saying, that Cole Strange wouldn't have gone... In the like by number, you know, pick forty. Like I, I feel down to 40. because I don't know if there anyone wanted to. Oh, I mean, I'm sure you they did. People wanted to. <laughs> People they, definitely they, wanted they, to. I mean, they, that's what I'm saying. Straight up. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. All right. One. I mean, clearly, they didn't like it. One. You know? One. Uh. More point about value consent, particularly consensus value in draft picks. Every single year, right after the draft, the Baltimore Ravens get an A plus plus with their draft. Every year. And they've won one Super Bowl in 20 years. Yeah. So it's not just about value in the draft. Uh, granted, they've been competitive that entire period of time. So there's definitely something to be said for that. But they always win draft season when we're looking back on these guys and you go, oh, how'd you get this guy in the second round? Can you believe Kyle Hamilton fell into the teens for you guys? It's not a perfect thing. Uh, so who the heck knows? Yeah, and you know, what, you know what's crazy is you're going to look back at this draft and all these guys that particularly me, 
I rated highly and would say, like, oh, this guy's a, 10, a top 10, top, you know, whatever, first-round pick. You always look back at these drafts in, like, five years, and you're like, that guy, su- that guy sucked. That guy didn't make it. That guy's a bust. You know, and it's, it's, oh, like, every year. Half, it's like half of the draft. Yeah, it is. And well, so many of these things. 2019 right now is looking outside of Damian Harris. If anyone else could poke through to the starting, you know, roster, it's a, that's it. That's all you got. Well, you're well, looking at the, the Patriots picks. If you look league-wide, league no, a lot of teams' drafts look like that, too. Look, oh, just absolutely. pull up oh. any random year of the Jacksonville Jaguars and who they selected, and you go, wow, they didn't pick one good player, and they had that's 10 That's why picks. there's so many picks. Yeah. Because most of them aren't going to work. You also see this in the NBA. You go, who's who's that guy in the starting lineup? Oh, he was the 56th pick overall, and turns yeah, out you look at the, he's you look at the Celtics guys. When they when they traded down from one because they were going to take Markel Fultz, right? And they traded down to three, and then him and Lonzo Ball went one and two, and they got Jason Tatum. You know, I don't, I don't want to get too far into basketball, but... Yeah. We can't make final decisions right afterwards. It... That's the great assault, though. You don't really know. You have no idea. You've really always know. got the crystal ball. You can scout these kids till you're blue in the teeth, and, and it's blue in the face i don't know what the saying is but blue in the face blue in the balls blue in the face blue in the teeth what's blue in the teeth i have I no know. idea that's a new one is that a smurf joke i think i might have just made it up <laughs> okay one more your, thing your teeth turn blue yeah one more thing before we wrap up i just want to talk about the quarterbacks in this class so we had one go in the first round everybody else dropped until was it not until the third round we got another player at the quarterback position come off the board so Feelings on Ryan Pickett. The Steelers draft their first quarterback in the first round since Big Ben. Is anybody worried about this? This guy's going to walk into probably a great receiver situation, as they always have there. A great running back. I'm not concerned. The Steelers are the least of my troubles right now. Yeah, no, I don't care about the Steelers. Tiny hands? We're going to worry about tiny hands right now? I mean, is is that a terrible pick? That feels like a terrible pick to me, and I'm not sure. Can he pick it? Just because I don't like the play. Yeah, I don't, you know, he didn't have a lot of... Normally, quarterbacks going into the draft, like, start flying up the boards. Like, last year, like we saw with Mac Jones and Wilson and everybody. Like, this year, Kenny Pickett was one of the guys that so you would have thought caught that buzz. But then he measured with tiny hands. The regular hands. <laughs> he, he he's really got regular hands. They're tiny hands for the NFL. He's got very average, average hands. Yeah. He, he's never but, getting away from that. He's going to no. hear that for the rest he, of his life. And he wears two gloves, also unusual, you know. He'll he'll fit right in in Pittsburgh. I mean, Roethlisberger loved to play with gloves on. Who else did Buffalo get? Because I felt like they got stronger. So they got Kyer Elam, the cornerback from Florida, who I really liked and was probably a a first-round grade on most people's board. They get him at 23, and so they get to put him off off, uh, opposite. Excuse me. Words are hard. Tredavious White, who's going to be coming back off an injury. Uh, so that was a big pick for them because that, that had been a consistent issue is their cornerback depth. Some of the other picks that they made, running back, didn't they? they got James Cook, who's a speedster, uh, geez, uh, Dalvin, Dalvin Cook's Dalvin brother. Cook's brother. So right. James Cook was a speedster, broke a lot of long runs for Georgia last year, and then they got a linebacker out of Baylor in the third round. Uh, Bernard, probably. Yeah. Okay. They don't, um, they don't have many holes on that roster, so filling that, no. getting some talent in the secondary is going to help them because they're going to have a lead often, and they're going to be facing a lot of passing off. Yeah, I like, uh, what, they did. I like what they did, man. I mean, it's tough to... It's they're tough a to good be, team. 
teams right now. It's very unusual for us to be in this position where you're looking up at others. Yeah. I think that uh, that's going to be tough, man. I mean, I, I can't wait for the preseason. I want to see some of these young kids play and get some snaps, specifically a linebacker. Yeah. You know, I really want to see some of these edge guys and, and uh, younger guys get involved. Yeah, without a doubt. Therese Hall, middle linebacker, released today after failing a physical. But there's a ton of other guys in that linebacker room we'd like to see. Also, the the Patriots have, like I mentioned, less than a million dollars in cap space. They've completed the draft. They've completed basically all the undrafted free agent signings. This is the team you're going to be looking at. So all these holes you see, all these, oh, I wish it could be better, outside of a surprising trade, this is the team you're looking at. You know, in, in a weird way, yeah. I'm almost happy they didn't take a linebacker because they've been drafting linebackers. And now it's they haven't to, done anything. It, well, now it's time to see what they have because they've been playing. They've been losing snaps to Kyle Van Noy and the High Towers of the World and Jamie right. Collins, that are older, proven guys. And now it's your chance. So let's yep. see what you got. If you don't have shit, then maybe we need to take one next year. You know, I think. Right. I think no, that's... I'm happy to see these guys. They're going to put their feet to the fire. But like I said, I can see one veteran coming back. Like I feel like if High Tower wants to come back, they they might agree to something. Um, and he'd play, you know, half the snaps, not all the snaps, but still. He's a different player. He's a different player at this stage. Yeah, he's not going to be playing 100% of the time. So these kid, these guys are going to be in there, and they're going to be, you know, thrown at it. So they better be able to handle it. Yeah. Last thing, um, last thing for me is uh, running backs. I think we have a stable of, like, eight running backs right now. Who makes the team? Who does not make the team? And you might have to put – James White on the PUP. That's the question, yeah. Yeah. So Ramondre Stevenson's the only lock. He's the only true lock. I don't think he's a true lock. They, they oh. do surprising things. He's on a tiny deal. Uh, Who are so we talking about? Damian Harris. Oh, Damian. So Ramondre's a lock. Damian Harris is a most probable to make the team. James White's a very lock. probable. That's really just health-based, whether or not he's able to go. And then Pierre Strong's basically a lock. And I then, would think Pierre Strong would be the guy. And that, they, they won't carry a fullback this year, so they could carry five running backs. That shouldn't be an issue. So they they could carry some depth there. So they could they could cut Ty Montgomery and who else? This kid from uh, South Carolina. Right. Uh, and then they got JJ Taylor is another guy who every time I see him I like him, but they don't seem to like him as much as me. Yeah. Are we missing anyone? I felt like there was more. Bolton's gone. Not really. That's one of the things I thought about Kevin Harris is I could see him doing the special teams work that Bolden did. Yeah. I wonder if they see that. I think special teams got better. That's that's the other thing I of think. Of course. Well, classic Belichick moves, special teams improves. Well, drafting a returner, I mean, I don't want to compare him to Cyrus Jones, but, but Belichick values that. And, yeah, no, he definitely does. And, we'll, and we needed it. That was a need because we let uh, Gunner go. Not that he was doing too much for us, particularly on kickoffs. It was a zero, zero impact kickoff return team. Kickoffs are awful now, though, across the board. Yeah, they need to move it. They need to move it back to where it was before because we haven't seen kickoff returns like we used to. They, you know, they did yeah. that on purpose. It's basically a non-play now. Right? That's on. That's on purpose because they they're trying to remove that from the game and remove the injuries associated with. Yeah, but it's also bad for entertainment value. That's true. You know. That's true. But so is having a car wreck and a guy getting carted off every other kickoff. Right. Punt returns are more dangerous than kick returns, though, don't you? Being the punt like returner. I think being the punt returner is, is more dangerous. That's like the most I dangerous. I see that uh, Van Noy signed with 
The Chargers? He is on the Chargers now. Yep. Chargers wow. are doing well, man. They got a guard, right? Zion? Was it Zion Johnson? Zion Johnson, guard from, from uh, Boston College, yeah. That's a smart move, man. Protect that kid. They keep you doing know? that. They got they got a center last year. They got the guard this year. Uh, they got the tackle, guard. too. They got yeah, Rashawn, Rashawn Slater in the first round. Yeah. Added some pieces. Well, who else they got? They got uh, J.C. Jackson and uh, Edge Rusher? They got, who was the other guy they brought in? It was a big, big name player. That's going to fuck. Khalil Mack. Khalil Mack. There you go. Oh, yeah. Wow. Chargers, Chargers are legit. Dude. Every Jesus. AFC West game is must-see TV. I, I bet the first two months of the year, there's going to be half those games on Sunday Night Football are AFC West game. Is Denver Probably. the first team in that division, or is or are the Raiders? I would it's say the enough. Raiders. I don't think the defense on the Raiders is good at all. I don't believe They've it. got some players. They just got Max Crosby. No, that uh, that Abram safety, he's pretty good. He just got his fifth-year option declined. He's not good. He just got it declined? <laughs> yeah, he's not good. You haven't oh, watched enough of him. He he hits people in the backfield, but then he gets burnt deep middle. Oh, I guess I've, I haven't seen a lot of Raiders uh, last year. But you'll see a bunch of it this year, especially with Josh, Josh McDaniels, Devontae Adams. It's going to be a ton of fun to watch that team and, and oh, yeah. all those. Make or break year for uh, Derek Carr would you see him with the, on the stage with like a that crazy mohawk? It's like, what are you doing, dude? You're how old is he? Is he what was like thirty? He's probably thirty. Yeah. Oh my god! When you look across the league, it looks terrible. Court. It's not like it looked good either. Like if that looked all right, fine. But you look like a moron with that hairdo. Which quarterback has the most to prove? Who is the make or break? You're done. Besides Carson Wentz. Oh, you're done. I thought the most to prove, I was going to say Deshaun Watson. He sat out a year, got the biggest contract ever, and he's got a fully formed team. And if, if he shows up there and plays worse than Baker Mayfield, that's a big issue. You think no. that's possible? I don't even think that's possible. That's definitely <laughs> possible. He's out of league football for a year. In terms of who is going to lose a starting job if they if they play poorly this year, I mean, there, there are some obvious candidates where it's like Sam Darnold is an obvious candidate. Tua's very out there. Well, those are those are low end. I'm talking about like Tua. Tua is the one because they just got Tyreek Hill, and they all the rumors out there about trying to get Tom Brady, trying to trade Tua, trying to get Deshaun Watson. If he plays basically average football like he did last year, you you got to move on from him. the rest yeah. of that team is is like ready Waiting. to go now. Another yeah. one, Jalen Jalen Hurts. He's got the pieces. You know, he's got the pieces all around him. If he can't produce. Same thing with Derek Derek Carr. I always call him Derek Carr. Is it Derek Carr? It's Derek. Yeah, it is Derek. Yep. Fucking confuse those names. Like, well, crazy. he just got a big contract. Derek Carr did. He just got an extension. Yeah, he's not going anywhere. He had a good year last year. I don't think he's on the hot seat as much. He he can have a mediocre year, especially in that division. It's kind of like it'll be tough to keep up with in that division for all those guys. Like that is going to be hard playing that in yeah. in that division. Prediction time. Um, Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones is the one. There you go. Well, Daniel, Daniel Jones, Jones and Jalen Hurts. I, I believe da- Daniel Jones, Jalen Hurts, Tua Tungavailoa are are not starting quarterbacks, and they're all going to prove it this year. The thing is, the Eagles are going to make the playoffs. That division is so bad; they're going to make the playoffs, and then I mean, they're going to be sitting they had a great here. Draft. They're going to be sitting here with two first round picks next year, wanting to get a quarterback, and then they're going to look at like Jalen Hurts made the playoffs twice. Yeah, I feel like that's like, true. Teams, yeah. I feel like a lot of teams passed on quarterback this year in order to maybe make their team weaker so they can get Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud or one of these kids coming out from Ohio State or, you know, 
you know second level thinking on the washington football team right there they 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 trade for carson wentz trying to get worse so they can get a quarterback the following year second level thinking there Jahan dotson seven was 17 i can't believe he went in the first round i mean i really like him but that's early he's not tyree kill i don't care he ran a 4-4-3 he he didn't run that fast yeah that's he's not even when you watch him on tape like i like i like him but I feel like you want him to be better than he is and more dynamic. I think he had 11 broken tackles his entire career. Wow. He's got a high compete level at the point of catch. That yeah. I liked, but he's also 5'9 and change. Okay, should we wrap this up? Well, I think we covered about 100 players in this draft, which <laughs> not bad for him. We went over a lot. <laughs> we went over, we covered them. Okay, good stuff. Thanks for... You uh, make, did you say you want to make predictions? I just I made a prediction about Jalen Hurts making the playoff. Oh, that was the prediction. That's okay. the prediction. What are we predicting for the Patriots? I think it's oh, probably oh, eight yeah. and nine. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think it's. I'm staying over five hundred. Going eleven and seven. They're gonna split with Miami. We know that it's gonna Is happen. It eleven and seven or eleven and six? It'll be eleven and six, right? Last year, yeah. eleven and six. eleven and six. Eleven and six. I think that's what we're. Yep, yeah. Bill. I still have some faith left in Bill. I do. I do. Are we have winning some... the division at, at eleven wins. No, I th- I think fucking if Buffalo gets any less than 13 wins this year, that is not good for them. Mind you, Miami beats the shit out of us all the time. No, I know that. I know. Buffalo, well, we lost, didn't we lose to Miami and Buffalo? We lost to Miami twice and Buffalo once, right? That's probably going to happen again. Probably. We didn't, we didn't lose to Buffalo twice. We beat them once. We beat them in that windy game. We beat them once. We beat them. No, I said beat them once. Did I say twice? My bad. I meant, I meant regardless. Um, I think it's Buffalo, like Buffalo has a really good case on paper this year they should be winning they should be winning they should be winning 13 14 wins should get the bye because of our division versus the afc west division and you know it'll probably be them versus the chargers or uh yeah i I think them versus the chargers right now i mean things can change real quick but they just look like such powerhouses the chiefs defense has gotten a lot better too um i know but the chiefs just locked tyree kill too like that's that's a that was, you know, the whole thing was him and Kelsey, and that even started to break a little bit last year. You know yeah, what I mean? You put, that, you put that team, you know. But it's not the same team. Like, I don't know if you think their offense is going to be as potent. I don't, I don't, I'm not no, sure. I don't. So, I think their defense will be markedly improved. Um, okay. I'm going to say the Patriots post-draft, 7-10. and 10. Charlie <laughs> Ryan is. He's, I hate to be that guy, man. Most but negative. But, they, hey, I like – the yeah. Well, you look at some of these teams we've got to play. Browns, Bills, Bills, Cardinals, Dolphins, Dolphins, Packers, Vikings, Raiders, Colts, Ravens, Bengals. I mean, there's, there's a lot of hard games there. If we split all those, yeah. we'd be yeah. fortunate. It's true. Yeah. But some of those teams are going to end up sucking. Not every AFC team can end up all be that good. You know, sometimes... Something's going to get hurt. Something's going to happen. Hopefully it's not us. I know we've been Patriots fans our whole life, but sometimes the team that ends up sucking is your hometown team. No, for sure. I still got faith in Bill. I'm saying it. I, I am going out on the limb. I, saying, just, I think Bill's still got a couple tricks left up his sleeve. I want to say that if these a lot of these draft picks don't pan out year one, I don't want Bill having anything to do with the draft. I'm gonna. I'll be the first to say it. I'm sick of it, dude. I'm sick of, you know, reaching. I'm sick of taking guards in the first round. Like I, I don't know. I just something been going on with this draft process for the last few years. I know last year was good, but the 
previous like three four years it's just not good enough you know last year was i feel like i'm on i'm on one of those split screens where we got the optimist we got the pessimist and then hey let's all let's all get together and sing kumbaya you're in the middle right there there you go (laughs) okay well we can wrap it up here thank you guys for for uh delving into the draft you know how much i love this and and clearly ryan as well james coming along for the ride so of course uh, it'll be a lot of fun to see how this pans out and and, uh training camp preseason that's where we're going to learn a ton have a lot of fun watch guys so we'll wrap it up all right thanks everybody for listening thank you guys and we will talk to you all see you adios